Hello, I'm Doug Cooper, author of the award-winning Outside In and also the newly released The Investment Club. I'm here today with Nancy Simpson Bryce from the Book Vault in Oskaloosa, Iowa. And she's an independent bookseller. And Nancy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and the Book Vault? Glad to be here, Doug. Um, the Book Vault opened in 2005. Um, it's a completely renovated turn of the century building. It's an old bank, so that's why the Book Vault. It's beautiful, and instead of listening to me describe it, people can go to bookvault.org, and there are lovely pictures of the, the big skylights that are stained glass and so on. I'm no longer the manager, but Book Vault is one of my big loves in life. Yeah, and I was looking online, and I noticed you do a lot more than just um, than books. I saw where you were um, also do some cooking classes and some um, different private events, and just looks like a beautiful space. So yeah, I recommend everybody go online and, and check it out. What what other kind of fun fun stuff are you are you doing there? Well, like you said, the, the kitchen we built it out so that we could do the events. We aren't doing as many of those anymore, but uh, uh, kids' parties, and uh, we have a wonderful event space on the third floor, uh, which unfortunately isn't handicapped accessible, so that's a big drawback. Uh, but otherwise, it's wonderful, and that's where we do our off-free events, and uh, that's where people come in and have meetings. Uh, for a while, while I was still manager, we did Zumba classes on the third floor and yoga oh so wow it's an all <laughs> yeah, we have fun yes yeah so you know us authors we love our independent booksellers and you know nancy and i met at, at the booksellers convention in um in minneapolis uh, about a month or so ago and you know nancy why don't you tell us a little bit about um you know the what's happening with independent booksellers um, right now. Okay, well, as someone famous has said, the uh, rumor of our demise is greatly exaggerated. Independent bookstores <laughs> are flourishing. Um, in the last five years, uh, more than 500 have opened in the United States. And those are the only those are only the ones that belong to American Booksellers Association that we can count. You know, there are many who don't belong to it, and so they aren't counted. Uh, I kind of give credit to the shop local movement. It's uh, very important, and people are realizing it's very important now to support your hometown if you don't want it to turn into just a bedroom community. And uh, there's just, it's, it's sort of a rallying cry against the, the big, uh, the big uh, group on the internet um, that people <laughs> go to. People are realizing that it's worth an extra dollar to be able to walk into a bookstore, to be greeted by name, to have knowledgeable booksellers, and uh, just that personal touch. And 
the millennials are some of our biggest supporters. You would expect them not to be, but they are. Well, that's great to hear. I know here in Cleveland we have a lot of great independent bookstores like Loganberry um, and Shaker Heights, Apple Tree. There's Fireside in, in Chagrin Falls. And there used to be one in my neighborhood at Tremont called Visible Voice. Unfortunately, you know, it, it closed a couple years back, but I've recently heard a rumor that they're going to be opening back up. So, you know, it's good to hear that, you know, people are supporting local and, and the trends moving back. Because like I said, uh, um, uh, you know, us authors really love our independent booksellers. And, you know, let's transition a little bit to uh, to um, my new book, The Investment Club. And I know you recently read that novel. Um, and, you know, just wondered what were some of the things that stood out to you about The Investment Club? The Investment Club was a book that I kind of de devoured in just a couple of days. And I think it's because, for me, the character development was just superb. Um, when I closed that book, I felt that I could walk into that black, by that blackjack table and greet those people by name and that they'd be my friends. It was just a very personal feeling that you created with those characters. And then, of course, the uh, story itself of the the five broken people coming together. Uh, it's just a, it's what I call a redemptive novel. Have you heard that term? Yeah, and it was really kind of meant as as that, you know. And and I did spend a lot longer on you know the character the character development. And you know one of the ways that I really flush out those characters is, you know, I build a complete. Um, personal psychological profile on each person and some of the material I don't use but I really try to make um, you know even down to the you know Myers-Briggs personality types I try to get into that and really think through so when they're in situations you know I can really I really know how how they would you know how they would uh, respond but you know one of the reasons and, and probably at least half the novel is telling the story of how the people get to Vegas even though it opens up in Vegas. Right. And for me, you know, this is a book about, about people. And, you know, it's about these people discovering, you know, the greatest return is what you really get from investing in one another and taking that concept and, you know, putting it in Vegas of uh, about, you know, where there's gambling and there's financial gain, but really what the book is about is about investing on a personal level. Right, right. And what what uh, would you, you say was one you, of your? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was wondering if you wrote each backstory separately, each character separately, and then had them meet. Exactly. Yeah. So I had the the idea of who the five people were, and then I went back, back and you know. I'm a very structured, you know, I'm a former, I'm a former math teacher who's, who's now a writer. So I have a pretty strong left brain. So I did a, a lot of structure, you know, and, and, you know, I use like a spreadsheet even, I mean, that's as far. And so I had each character's story built, you know, in a separate mm -hmm. row with building it up. And so I built them out completely. And then I start, I started to kind of weave them together and, 
and where did I want, you know, those, those to cross and, and how did they do? So I very much yet yeah, built them all out separately and then wove them together. Right. And you did an excellent job because it's just, um, they seem so real. And I think you were going to ask me who my favorite character is. May I ask yes. you first? <laughs> oh, you know, um, somebody recently um, asked me, you know, the second time I've been stumped a little bit because somebody recently asked me, um, you, you know, what the dealer's name was. And it was something that I never, because the, the, the story is told from the perspective of the dealer who meets them and then kind of pieces together these stories. And it was funny because I, I had never really, I had never really thought about, yeah, who was this person? Because I want him to kind of be in the background, but he's telling the story. And then, you know, when, when you ask me, you know, who's the favorite character, you know, I don't, you know, really, I don't really have an answer either because I'm so, um, I'm so close to them all. Right. Um, you know, there's certain aspects of each of them that, you know, I like, obviously, you know, Max Dohler, the, the um, uh, little person, entrepreneur, you know, he was kind of fun to write because of some of his irreverence and, and the way he approached uh, approached things, but also, you know, Lester Banks, the former Catholic priest who runs the homeless shelter, you know, just his wisdom and benevolence and charity that, that he was able to bring, you know, was really fun to kind of tap into, tap into some, some of that and, you know, Penny Market and, you know, she was, a lot of fun and how you know she just took control of of her life and was kind of you know just not not what you would expect so you know each of them I think in in their own way really I I tap into and had had fun with good good I would think to me after meeting you reading the book you were the blackjack dealer I mean you were the the guy there because you were talking you were talking and telling these stories. So that's how I saw him. I, I didn't name him, though. So I don't know. Speaking yeah. of names, <laughs> uh, you have some fun here with names. Yeah. Market, Bill Price, Banks, Dollar, Dollar. Yeah. Do people? Yeah, they definitely. It's, it's good you picked up on. On that some some do some some don't um you know and and really in in my in my writing in my first book too i really try to build in some some symbolism with names and and different things and you know the the, the five characters um you know crystal moore as you said penny bank or penny market bill price um less banks max dollar you know all those characters have kind of financial um, names yes. to them, and most of the characters in the book tied to some financial aspect, and and it's really me just having right. a little bit of fun, but also kind of reinforcing some of the themes um, in in the book and trying to, to add some texture to it, and maybe even you know subtly, and and some people pick up on that and and they like those kind of things, and and others don't, but I still think you know those kind of things kind of filter into the subconscious, and and like I said, just kind of reinforce. Uh, reinforce the names and and um, you know there's a lot of that stuff uh, there's a lot of that stuff in there um, and yeah it's I think that's a lot of fun I'm so happy that that you were able to, to pick up on that 
Good. Um, you you need to tell the people that Penny uh, Penny's name or her nickname. You call her Nip Tuck Barbie. <laughs> yeah. So I I had no trouble at all visualizing her. And at first I you know I thought I guess I'd put her down as too much of a Barbie. But as the story developed, uh, I started liking her more and more. Like you said, she was a take-charge person. She's the one who made the first overture to another one of the five people. And she was able to live her life just like that, live life. Instead of worrying about, you know, oh, I should do this or I shouldn't do this or whatever, and missing opportunities, she grabbed on. She, she didn't miss any opportunities. I like her. Yeah, that was, you know, that was very much too the reason why I opened the book kind of in the middle of the story and then and then backed up because I wanted to describe these people as, you know, someone would see them um, initially. And, and, you know, we all meet people every day or see people and we instantly, you know, make an assessment of them, think about, you know, where they came from, who they are. And so very much, you know, she is a a sports reporter um, who has had some plastic surgery, um, you know, on her face and uh, on her chest and, you know, really cast this this Barbie image. And that's why, you know, initially, even the dealer, when he referred to her before he knew her name, he referred to her as Nip Tuck Barbie. And so, you know, as so often people make that that snap judgment on, on people at a superficial level, but then also to why I really wanted to tell these stories and back up is because, you know, people are a product of, you know, the places they've been, the people they've met, the experiences that they've had. So almost to kind of telling these stories of how these people became broken, you know, it's kind of reinforcing the view that, you know, hey, whenever we meet people, we should remember that there's a lot of things that have happened for that person to be who they are. And there's a lot more below the surface. So before, you know, we, we think we know that person, let's, let's get it, take time to really get to know them. Right. Right. Uh, just for your future writing, it's, I think it's now cosmetic surgery, not plastic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, the uh, Max, I I enjoyed his character. I didn't particularly like him that well. I did like his Maserati. That was nice until he wrecked it. <laughs> um, I know he's Max was a little person. Danny DeVito is not a little person, but he, he's short. And that personality just, if this were ever to be cast as a movie, Danny DeVito has to be Max. <laughs> yeah, I think he would be a, he would be a good uh, a good fit there. Yeah, because he's definitely, as I said before, he's 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 pretty irreverent, and you know he he sees what he wants and he goes for it. And, and I think yeah, Danny DeVito really casts um, casts that that image. Any other any other actors come to mind when you were, or people when you were picturing these other characters? Well, I guess you'd have to play your own card as the blackjack dealer. You know, <laughs> the young gal, <laughs> the young gal, boy, she was 
to me, she almost had the most tragic story, and I, you know, I don't want to spoil. She just really, for her age, she had been through a lot, and, uh, you know, I, I really emphasized with her. We had talked about Vegas itself being a character. Mm-hmm. Can you address that? Yeah, so really in my writing, and again, you know, my first book, Outside In, was set on an island in Lake Erie um, that has a lot of historical significance. And I really like to bring out the setting as another character. And, and because I think, again, as as people you know, we really identify with settings and they have an impact on on our experiences and, and they really orient us. So when I carried through to this new story and I wanted to set it in Vegas and I said, yeah, this would be the perfect setting. And then I even chose downtown um, Vegas, the old Vegas that's going through a bit of a rebirth right now and really very little action happens on the on the strip and the strip just kind of in the background looming as this ominous, you know, force that, that impacts everything there, but really doesn't play that much of a part in the story. And and I really wanted to set it on these five transplants that had been there and, and in this setting, and again, connect kind of the history um, of Vegas, because that's where all the action was before the strip was even developed. And, and really that's where a lot more of the locals, um, the locals hang out. So I really wanted to, you know, in, incorporate that and, and weave the story into those. And all the places that I use in in the story are actual places. The streets are actual. You know, some of them are repurposed mm-hmm. a little bit, like the the Western Hotel. Um, it, all that information um, is accurate. Um, it's not currently a homeless shelter. That was something, you know, a homeless shelter in okay. a factory that mm-hmm. was something that I I kind of use, but the building is definitely in that location and it's sitting vacant, occasionally used for something. But, um, you know, I I really think that, and and also too, I think when people then, they go to Vegas and they've read the book and they can walk these streets and visit these places, I think it adds another layer uh, to their experience of reading and and going to Vegas. Absolutely. I was, have you spent much time reading, in? Was, have you spent much time in Vegas? Um, not, you know, not a whole lot of times. I've been there uh, a few with um, friends, mainly to see concerts or whatever. Uh, I, I had always thought I might try blackjack, but I don't think I will. <laughs> it's really complicated. Um, <laughs> I didn't know they were thinking about yeah. all those things. Um, what interesting yeah, I think one, you know with when we went go ahead <laughs> yeah I was saying just on the blackjack point that you that you brought up because you know there is a lot of the blackjack strategy and and the theory and and the, and the numbers and you know and one of the reasons is, is you know again on this idea of investment and the financial and the gambling you know I thought that the numbers you know kind of kind of tied in and, and it was tough, you know, I wanted to kind of cover that without, you know, um, losing, losing the narrative. How did you find the, um, you know, you, you obviously tapped into some of the complexity of it, but how did you find, you know, um, understanding and following kind of, kind of the game from, uh, from a novice perspective, were, were you able to, uh, you know, 
follow the flow and, and everything, or was it too much math? No, I don't think it was too much math. I, I would recommend that every woman buy this book for her husband for Christmas because <laughs> they will eat the blackjack part. The women will eat up the, the characters, but the men will eat up, and I, I'm not saying they won't eat up the characters too, but mm-hmm. I think that would really appeal to them. So, ladies, there's one of your Christmas ideas, your Christmas gift list solved. <laughs> and I, I know uh, that, how did you find the opening? Uh, so, every just every chapter is a different day. And it's told from the perspective of one of the characters until they start to to weave together. So as every chapter is a different day, I open it with, you know, the day of the week and the date. And also the Dow Jones open from that day and the Dow Jones closes at the end. Um, Right. What did you think of that? Did you get a sense? Yes, I love that. Um, I, I was following it kind of wondering when in the world we were going to pass 18, you know. But I was kind of surprised that there was no mention of passing the 18,000 mark. Uh, But you were dealing with people more right then. So it was just interesting to see that Dow Jones average there. Had you kept track of everything so uh, that far? Or did you go to the library and or go online and research to get the numbers? Yeah, so those are actually the actual numbers from those days, and and the story spans over tw- about twenty five years. So you know, there's a couple couple things that you know why I did that. Obviously, just to kind of again orient it, I thought it kind of reinforced the financial investing aspect, but also too just to see how far. The Dow Jones, you know, was in five, six thousand territory in the nineties, mm-hmm. you know, now seventeen, yes. eight, eighteen thousand, and it really just again reinforces the whole thing. You know, these numbers rise and fall, so I wanted to create this rising and falling action as the story is being told, and also it ties to you know how we live our lives. You know, it's not a linear progression. You know, we have good days and bad days and they flow up and down, but overall we want the trend to go upward. And that's kind of what the Dow Jones is. You know, if you look at it on a graph, it's kind of up and down spike, but you see that trend go up and that's really kind of what, you know, these characters lives, lives do. And they also, um, as they go through and each of these days, you know, when the, when positive stuff happens, you know, the Dow Jones kind of trends up when some more negative stuff happens, it kind of trends down and it's not a hard fast every single time. But again, that's kind of how, when I did the research, I looked up and I found days where I thought the numbers, the rising and the falling matched the action in the book. Uh, Which came first Vegas or the idea? Because you lived um, in Vegas, right? Yeah, I mean the idea came first. I I had the idea many years ago. You know, really just at kind of the pitch line level of what it is. You know, the five broken people meet at a blackjack table in Vegas and discover the greatest return comes from investing in one another. So I kind of had that idea, and then 
when I was thinking about, okay, is this the next book I want to write? I took a trip to Vegas and, you know, had been living in Norway at the time and moved, was moving back and said, well, maybe I'll move to Vegas and write this book. And I went there and there's just this incredible energy in downtown Vegas on, um, you know, that Tony Shane and Zappos company has invested 300 million in this downtown project to refurbish it. And, you know, just, I could see kind of the kernels of everything that I wanted to kind of write about, um, even though the book is all fiction, you know, that spirit of what I kind of capture is really happening in downtown Vegas. So again, it was just one of those things that I had the idea. I went there and I saw that, okay, the time's right. So I moved there and, you know, did the research and, and wrote it while I was, while I was living there. Mm-hmm. Do you miss it now? Um, I, I miss the people, you know, and that's really, I think, you know, I hopefully it came through because people have ideas of Vegas, but, you know, really the strength of, of Vegas is, is the people and, and the locals. And, you know, a little known fact is most of the locals, you know, they don't gamble too much outside of maybe some some sports betting and some video poker and or when people come in town, um, you know, but the, just the sense of community there and the charity of the people and, and everything they do. I mean, I miss that. And fortunately I'm going to be heading back there on December 1st through the 4th to do some, to do a, a, a talk show called the downtown podcast, which is a video talk show on the first at nine o'clock. And then um, another book event at makers and finders, which is a coffee bar um, that I did a lot of the writing for the book at, and I also used it as, as one of the locations. So that'll be the first time I've been back in almost a year. So I'm looking forward to getting back. And that's the nice thing about Vegas. You know, it's always flights coming in and out. So it's a pretty easy, easy return. So look forward to look forward to going back and reconnecting. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you will really do well and have a wonderful time. I have to wait until after the first of the year to go back, but uh, maybe I'll try <laughs> blackjack. Um, yeah, you, you so, should. I, so we yeah. only have a few minutes left. I just want to, you know, ask, you know, so you, you kind of talked about, um, you know, who you'd recommend the book for both, you know, the, the, the blackjack person, you know, people buying it for women buying it for their husbands and women will like it for uh you know the character development any any other recommendations you want to give pertaining to that or 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 why you think uh or who you think would enjoy the book i think it would make an excellent book club book because these characters are so rich and so full of life that um you know when they make mistakes, they make them big. When they, you know, see the light, it's good. And that's the kind of thing that at least my book clubs enjoy discussing, just human life. And that is such a big part of this. And then the realization that the investment is in people, not money. So I think, um, and I, I wanted, I didn't mean that men would not enjoy the story. They will enjoy the story. But if you have a husband and you don't know what to give him, give him that. And <laughs> I, I'm serious. You know, they will find, I think there's something in there for everyone. I really do. It's a, 
it's a it's a really fine book, really fine book. Well, thanks so much. Uh, very- any final questions or thoughts before before we wrap up? Yeah, I've got a question. Um, thanks. Um, on your biography, probably in Wikipedia, maybe traveled to 25 plus countries on five continents, exploring the contradictions between what we believe and how we act in the pursuit of truth, love, uh, beauty, and love. What did you find? You know, I think, you know, and, and where that, that came, you know, I, as I said, I'd lived in Norway and, you know, I traveled pretty extensively and hit all these places. And, you know, although I mentioned the contradictions, you know, I probably found that there, there's more similarities. And, you know, on those three things, that's where we connect. And, and there's an unspoken language. There's a lot of times I was in situations where we didn't have language to fall back on. So there was body language and there was, you know, drawing pictures and just our ability to connect um, with each other is, I think, something that we forget about and gets lost in our, in our busy, busy lives these days. Right. Um, the return to civility and, and personal, it's all personal, personal exactly. um, relationships. Yeah. Well, I wish you the best of luck with this book. Um, I hope you're writing another one, and I hope we hear about it. Well, thank you, Nancy, and I just want to uh, uh, say again, you know, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about the Investment Club and um, here again with Nancy Simpson-Bryce from the Book Vault in Oskaloosa, Iowa. So thank you, Nancy, and I'm Doug Cooper author of The Investment Club that's available in stores now. And the paperback version of my first novel um, has come out as well, and that's called Outside In. Both books are by Rare Bird Books and are available wherever good books are sold. And please remember to support your local booksellers. Thank you very much.